Welcome to Courageous by Crossroads Apologetics, a look into what motivates us to step out in courage and the everyday bravery of men and women like you. In each episode, we hear a personal story of bravery centered around this question. What's the most courageous thing you've ever done? And now your host, founder of Crossroads Apologetics, Jeff Johnson. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Courageous here at Crossroads Apologetics. Um, I'm excited about uh, the conversation that we're about to have with a good friend of mine, Akua. Akua and I are classmates at a endeavor up in Oxford, up in the UK. We've been going about our studies in organizational leadership for the bulk of 2023. And um, I don't know about Akua. For me, it seems to be way over my head. So, <laughs> but I'm hanging on and I'm studying as best as I can. But um, anyway, Akua joins us from Johannesburg, South Africa. And we're grateful to have you on today, Akua. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about you, please, um, where you're at, what you're doing, a little bit about your family, your business, whatever you'd like to share to put you in context for our listeners. Sure. Um, I'm originally from Ghana. So my, my I was born in Ghana. My parents are both from Ghana. We moved to South Africa in 1987, I guess, towards the tail end of apartheid, um, mainly because um, South Africa had just formed um, the former homelands. Um, where um, people of color were, were relocated to. And on their hunt for skilled workers, doctors, teachers, and the likes, they reached out to other African countries, they reached out to Eastern Europe, they reached out to Asia for skilled workers to move to their homelands um, and basically you know, work here, you know, get free housing, not pay tax, free education for their kids. So um, yeah, my parents took advantage of that and we moved to South Africa in 1987. Their plan was to stay here for five years, but they ended up staying here for 32 years. <laughs> so they, they they relocated back to Ghana five years ago. Um, that is where they were settling and, and retiring. And um, yeah, I guess for, for our sons, myself and my my three siblings um are still here in, in South Africa, you know, playing playing our part and I guess um hopefully making the country um a better place. Um I, I currently work for a company called Equitas Property Fund in Johannesburg. Um, my background is real estate. It's always been real estate. So I've, I've jumped from the property finance side with investment banks, the likes of Merrill Lynch, um, to consulting on my own in the property space on, space on the African continent, um, to sitting on a couple of property boards as well listed on the JSE. Um, so now heading up um, my company, well, the company I work for called Equitas Property Fund, um, hitting them up in Gauteng. The head office is in Cape Town, so I head up the, the Gauteng operations. And um, yeah, Jeff, I mean, the world of real estate and logistics, we build warehouses um, in South Africa and the UK. You know, um, key clients are like DSV, DHL, Amazon, Tesco, Every, mm-hmm. and, and, and the likes. Wow. Is the market yeah. good for that kind of stuff, Akua? You know, the market is good because... Um, more so in, in, in Europe than Africa, um, you'll notice a trend towards um, people moving online when it comes to shopping and, and retail. So, I mean, during COVID, because everyone was stuck at home and you couldn't really go anywhere, it was very, very buoyant. 
Um, so we did really, really well in that space. And I think things will only gradually get better. Um, we do obviously not benefit from economic cycles, the likes of, you know, the interest rates, interest rate hikes, like what we've seen in the UK and South Africa most recently, inflation as well, the UK mainly Brexit, South Africa, the whole thing around electricity. So it is a good sector, but um, we do need to navigate our way around, I guess, the different challenges that we face. Wow. And so you're headquartered in Johannesburg. So we're headquartered in Cape Town. Um, Johannesburg is a satellite office. So I head up the, the Johannesburg office. Okay. But Johannesburg yes. is home for you. Johannesburg is home for me. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful country. I mean, do you travel quite a bit outside of South Africa or you stay mostly in the country? So, so for work, I stay mostly in the country and travel between Johannesburg, Cape Town, and um, Durban. Um, our UK assets, I mean, our executives um, basically travel to the UK for that. We do have a team based in the UK as well, so they manage our portfolio in the UK. Um, on a personal level, I love I love to travel, you know, hence um, why I find myself in the thick of Oxford <laughs> this year, you know, <laughs> studying. This, this diploma um but i do love to travel i've traveled quite a bit of africa um i lived in in, in holland for for two years when i did my masters many years ago so i've done quite a bit of europe as well um parts that i haven't been to i haven't been to asia i'd love to do japan um so that's definitely on my on my bucket list um i haven't done a lot of the us i've only done um, new york um, I do have quite a bit of family in the States, so I need to find my way there soon. It's just a very, very long flight. <laughs> it is a very so long flight. <laughs> yeah, so it's not really top of my list as yet. Yeah, it takes a while to get between the U.S. and South Africa, that's for sure. Yeah, um, it does. I think there's a flight from Atlanta that's that goes to Johannesburg that's 17 hours that we've taken a few times. Yes. And, <laughs> wow, that's a long – and then it's 18 on the way back. So, on the way um, back, yeah. Well, we're headquartered in Iowa, so you you got to come visit us, Akua, sometime. We'd love to show you the heartland. Very different than uh, New York, for sure. No, I'll definitely do that. I think we have a lot of um, classmates from the States, so it would be lovely to come and visit you all um, through the program. Oh, you have to. Um, well, to get on with the, with the point of the podcast and the subject at hand, you know, this idea of um, courage, and before I ask you the the question, what's the most courageous thing you've ever done, Akua? Uh, maybe you could share with the listeners to calibrate a little bit. How do you relate fear and courage? Is courage an inherent trait or is it something that's learned? Um, speak to that if you would. I think, I think something, courage is something that is, that is learned, you know, and um, I mean, Throughout my life, I guess throughout my my journey, there've been there've been quite a few um, fear points. Um, I mean, just examples, you know, um, being young and being sent off to boarding school, um, leaving corporates and launching my own consulting company, um, setting up a for nonprofits, you know, to help disadvantaged people in in, in South Africa. Um, being a foreigner that lives in South Africa and being faced with, you know, how the locals in South Africa view me and my successes at different different points, um, being appointed to boards where I've been the youngest, I've been the only female, I've only been the I've been the only person of color, you know, I mean that that all speaks back to to fear and um, to that point, courage. I think courage is something that is learned, 
But I think courage is something that is learned as you transgress through through life. You know, if you're not confronted um, with 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 events outside of your comfort zone, um, you never ever have to be courageous. So on that note, I do think that courage is something that that, that is learned. Yeah. Do you have somebody in your life in particular? I don't. It could be a family member. Or it could be. I don't know, somebody of note, somebody of fame, whatever, that inspires you with great courage? Is there somebody that you oh, hold in that regard? My parents inspire me every day, you know. Um, like I said, when we, when we moved to South Africa in 1987, they pretty much left behind everything they knew in, in Ghana, the entire support system, to move to South Africa where, you know, apartheid was was rife, um, to move with their, with their three kids not really knowing what's what to expect, you know, and I mean, both of them coming from really disadvantaged backgrounds to get to the point where they were able to afford us an education, you know, and um, to get us to where we are today. I think I think a lot of that has required a lot of courage and a lot of sacrifice on their part. So I definitely say that my parents are my inspiration every day, and I mean, besides being my inspiration, they they're very religious. Um, I, I grew up in a religious home. Um, they practice their religious faith every day and they pray for us every single day, you know, and as much as we're not in the same location, I feel that every day. And I am very, very grateful for that because I think that also helps me with my, my journey of being courageous. Wow. That's wonderful. Um, well, Akua, let's jump right in. <laughs> Tell us what's the most courageous thing you've ever done. I wouldn't call it the most courageous. Um, but it is courageous in the sense that I feel that, you know, as much as human beings talk about being um, humanitarian and being compassionate, it's always something that we just talk about. And a lot of people don't really act on it because it's easy to just ignore the plight of the poor and the plight of the underprivileged. Um, when I was 29, um, 15 years ago, I, I took the decision to just be brave and be courageous and do something about it. Um, so I launched an NGO called um, 100ABC. Um, and I mean, the intention of it was basically to raise funding from different corporates um, through my peers. And with that funding, um, pump the money back into the educational sector, but um, pull underprivileged kids through, you know, be it um, early learning, um, be it giving girls, young, well-deserving boys, scholarships um, to go through high school. Um, what the journey entailed was me <laughs> at the age of 29, convincing you know, these big corporates, um, convincing my, my friends, my colleagues that they should trust me with, with, with their money and they should trust that I will do what I say I'll do, you know. And it's been a 15-year journey. It's been very, very rewarding. If I had to go back and do it all over again, I definitely would. If I had to go back and do it differently, I definitely wouldn't. Um, we've managed to see about 500 kids, you know, through this program. And, I mean, you see where they are now in life. Um, back then, just, you know, um, going to visit the kids or the kids coming to visit us at our annual get-togethers, jumping onto a plane for the, for the first time and, um, you know, just watching them enjoy that experience for me, I think it's the most, that's probably one of the most courageous things I've ever, I've ever done. And um, just being able to witness the impact that I've been able to have on on, on, on young kids and, and for me through the educational journey has been phenomenal. Akua, that's fantastic. So this is a this is a 
nonprofit that you started called 100 ABC. Do I have that correct? That is correct. 100 ABC, and its objective is to to provide education for kids. To provide funding for kids um, to go to school. Okay. So yes. is it is it a South Africa-based thing? Is it based in Ghana? Is it across the continent? It's a, it's a, it's a South Africa-based thing. Um, I feel that when you're in a, in a place, you're better able to have a handle on it than spreading yourself thin. So it's, it's South, South African-based. Um, it's accessible to anybody in, in South Africa. Um, we pretty much open our applications up every year um, online via our website. And the kids apply, their parents apply on their behalf or referrals apply on their behalf. Um, do a very, very rigorous screening process. And um, we, owe, we owe all the funding to the students. Akua, this is amazing. And how many <laughs> students did you say that you have, you've processed through the program so far? Over, over 500 students, Jeff. Oh, my land. Were you paid for the, students. <laughs> where you pay for their education? Where we pay for their education. We pay for their education. We pay for their monthly stipends so that they can afford to buy their school books and their school and anything else they need if they need transfer for school we cover that as well um we pay them up with mentors so each student has a mentor and that mentors they were ah. throughout their throughout their journey um yes ah, I, think this is, I think this is fantastic so what's the future for 100 abc what's the five-year 10-year plan so you know um I'm a bit. I'm a big advocate for the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals, and a part of that speaks back to alleviation of inequality amongst the, the genders, um, alleviation of poverty, um, equal education for all, and um, with our emphasis on that equal education for all and um, alleviation of gender equality, um, on our five-year our five-year plan is just to keep on doing what we do, you know, and. The more people we get on board, the more corporates we get on board, the more funding we get, the bigger our reach becomes. And then who knows, maybe in five years time, rather than just focusing on South Africa, we might, you know, broaden our, our reach and um, set up in other, other countries on the continent. Wow. Wow. What courage to start a nonprofit like that, Akua. That's fantastic. And I did not know that about you. I'm so impressed. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Well, so what was the catalyst really? I mean, what was the thing that made you do something so brave? So um, when I was actually doing my master's in Amsterdam, I was a part of, a, of an expat group. Um, and what they basically did is that they'd host events and the funding that they'd raised from that, they'd send back to various initiatives in Africa. And I just thought to myself, I mean, I'm Africa. I'm African. I am from Africa. Why do I need to be 10,000 kilometers away to actually realize that, you know what, um, there is something that I can do to, to, to help my continent and to give back. Um, so that was pretty much the catalyst for me, seeing other people do it from 10,000 kilometers away, um, being in Europe, not being in Africa, but caring enough about Africa to actually raise funding and send funding back to different initiatives on the African continent. Wow. Wow. So did you have partnership when you had this idea to get started or how did it come out of the ground? Yeah. yeah so um, how we started was that um, the hundred speaks back to, besides counting to a hundred, it speaks back to the fact that we launched with a hundred members, a hundred paying members. 
um, the ABC speaks back to the educational elements of the alphabet ABC. Um, to become a member of 100 ABC, you basically pay a monthly membership fee every single month. So that's how we started with our first 100. But we had the privilege of KPMG South Africa um, coming on board as our corporate sponsor um, for the first five years. So that really helped us launch and I guess broaden our reach. Um, and as we progressed, we had other corporates coming on board. We had um, Investec, for example. We had some legal firms, Bowman, Bowman Gilfillan coming on board as well. We had asset management funds, Kaleo Capital coming on board. And um, a lot of people just also donating outside of outside of, outside of financial. Um, like for example, donating stationery to some of our students. Um, um, some food companies as well, just, you know, donating food packages to the kids and their families. So we've evolved, people have gotten involved in different ways as we've progressed, but I'd say the big the big push for us and the big support for us when we started, um, besides the 100 members, was, was KPMG. Wow. What was, um, what was the hardest part of getting it started? Maybe the hardest part was just yesterday. I don't know. I mean, but I'm wondering what was, what, give me the challenges with getting it going. I think, to be honest, you know, um, selling the dream, selling the idea wasn't, wasn't difficult. You know, um, I'm a, I'm a doer. I get, I get going, I get things done. And um, a lot of people know that about me. So for me to sell that idea, they knew that I thought about it for quite a while and it was very structured, you know, the, Registration was in place. Our bank accounts had been set up. We were tax compliant. Everything that we needed to comply with from a statutory perspective was 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 fine. I'd say the hardest part was actually picking the the individuals that we decided to fund um, in the first couple of years because there were so many applicants, um, individual applicants, schools, um, different NGOs and different communities, you know, doing different things, but struggling financially. So I'd say the hardest part in the beginning was really picking who, who we're going to work with and who we're going to walk the journey with. Talk to our listeners a little bit about, um, about the courage that's inside of each and every one of us and how to tap into that. What kind of encouragement would you have for people to tap into their own courage? I find that I, I, I get courage a lot um, by speaking to the people that who who, who influence me. Um, I mentioned my parents earlier on, and for some people, it might not be their parents. Um, it might be their, their partner. You know, it might be um, a best friend. It might be their teacher. It might be a community that they, that, that, that they belong to. So um, I think at, at every point, it's really, really important to, to draw on those, on those resources because Having courage and finding that courage—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's not a journey um, for people to carry out on their on their own. You know, I think we all have our own support systems in whatever way, and where we can draw on that and reach out to that, we should we should do that. Um, people meditate. You know, people go on a long retreat to find themselves, to find their inner voice, to find their inner courage. So I think for everybody, it's it's quite personal. It's 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 a personal journey. You know, and I've touched on a few things, but I think for anybody, it is quite important. Well, you've put it very well, Akua, and I thank you so much for um, joining us here today. You know, this this idea of your faith providing a datum from which you act, you know, 
and the dreams that you have and the things that you want to accomplish and then just stepping out boldly, which is certainly a quality of a courageous act, you know, that boldness and then stepping out and making things happen. Um, you're having a big impact, Akua, with your 100 ABC program and uh, no doubt you're going to have an impact on all the people that are listening to your story right here. So I thank you very much for joining us today, Akua. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate the opportunity. And um, my wish is for people to just keep on spreading the love and and do your own little bits, you know. Um, every little bit counts. Um, so nothing is ever not enough. Every Every little bit counts. Thank you for joining us today on Courageous. If you'd like to hear more about the work and ministry being done at Crossroads Apologetics, please visit our home on the web at crossroadsapologetics.org. Would you or someone you know like to be featured on Courageous? Send us an email at info at crossroadsapologetics.com or info at crossroadsapologetics.org telling us about the most courageous thing you've ever done.